Rusty Quill presents. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wake of Corrosion Episode 7 Distorted My name is Professor Ryan, located Bunker A-12. This is a public broadcast to any survivors out there. I'm broadcasting this in the hope that others will hear the story and come forward with more information. I know that there are some among you who find this content disturbing. Therefore, I advise listener discretion going forward. 
let us begin. Welcome back, my dearest listeners. Much has happened here at Bunker 812. I wish to share with you now what I can before moving on to other matters. Our courier, the bearer of the knowledge we have shared over the past weeks, has awoken at long last. I'm still fearful, yet hopeful. I have spoken with her in a couple of brief moments when she was able to muster the strength to communicate. Even out of her coma, she's still weak from her injuries, and the information she provides is limited. I did, however, manage to record the conversation should should anything happen to her. Friend, can you hear me? Mm. Who? What's what's going on? My name is Professor Ryan, but you can just call me Ryan. You're in a place called Bunker A12. You're safe here. I I know. I've already been told that. So, sorry, I'm I'm still out of it. I have. Have we spoken before? Not as of yet, no. I'm sorry to be so pressing, but there's something I must ask you. Well, I'm not going anywhere, Professor. Be... (coughs) Be my guest. Please, just Ryan. Listen, what you had in your possession when you arrived, a, a satchel, I wish to ask you about the contents of it, the recording device and the journal. My satchel? Where is it? Easy now. Easy now. We've kept everything in there safe. I've only taken the journal and the recorder. Believe me, I wouldn't usually go through something so private, but given that when you arrived you seemed so desperate to speak with me, I I feel I have no choice but to investigate. I... I understand, but... Ryan, I'm sorry. I... I don't know if that's the reason why I wanted to talk to you. What what do you what do you mean? H- hello? S- survivor. Damn it. <sighs> Taylor, she's gone again. It's nice to see you again, Ryan. I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> I uh I wouldn't say better, but At least I'm awake this time. Still not sure about your name? Or much else, I'm afraid. Damn it! Sorry. I'm sorry. It's just life has been so difficult here, and I hoped you'd be able to shed some light on what little information we do have. I can... I can tell you what I do know. Maybe some of it'll help. If you could, my friend, that would be very much appreciated. I... Do you, do you know what it's like out there? Only through brief stories from those who venture out for some repairs, but that's rare and, and their exposure is very limited. It's awful, Ryan. It really is. I'm going to try and keep what I tell you as real as I can. It's it's hard at the moment. I'm, I'm struggling to remember what I experienced and what I dreamed. Everything's slowly wearing away and breaking down. 
but that's not the worst of it. There are things out there. Things? What do you mean exactly? Nightmares. Things that lurk in the shadows that I can't form into words. Things that have invaded my mind, whether I'm awake or asleep, and sometimes... Sometimes I'm not even sure which I'm in. I've heard others speak about the things that they've seen, shadows and the sense of watchful eyes in the distance that creep closer, but it sounds to me like you've had much more severe encounters. Ones perhaps similar to the brothers. It's... it's like... it seems like they're what my memory has decided to cling to. There's... there's more, I'm sure. I'm... I'm sorry I can't remember at all. It's... it's coming back to me. Slowly. Just in bits. There's no need to apologize. Just one more thing. Do you remember Elliot or Roman? Roman? That name? I'm sure I know it. I, I believe you do. They're brothers. You had quite a lot of their findings in your possession. I, I think that's why you came to me. I wish I could tell you, Ryan. Believe me, I do. Can I... Can I ask, uh, how long can I stay here? (sighs) My dear, you can stay here as long as you like. One more soul isn't going to break the bank. (laughs) Well, then, let's, uh, let's hope that's time enough for these nightmares to end. I'll leave you to rest now. I believe fervently that our courier knows the two brothers much more than she currently realizes. I hope that our memory returns soon and that she's able to share more with us. I'm also very interested in her knowledge regarding the shadows that I can't form into words, as she so ominously put it. I myself have not ventured outside since my arrival and As I mentioned in my recording, those who do, do so rarely and for short periods of time, even in those fleeting moments, they report disturbing sightings. I can't begin to fathom what these things could be, but from what I've read and listened, I'm almost glad of that. Whilst from this point forward, I have not looked into the finer details regarding Elliot and Roman's full experiences, I've read brief entries from Elliot's journal which have not only shown their experience with such things, but also the knowledge that they gain along the way. It's important, however, that I share with you their full story, as there could be any number of details that would support us in gaining more knowledge. Whilst we're waiting for the days or perhaps the weeks that it may take the courier to gain her memory back, let's continue with the findings, one which I believe links closely to what we heard from the courier. The next entry Entry 30 is from Elliot's journal. Why do I even start with this one? Fuck. I don't want to write it down. I didn't want to write it down. I didn't want to relive it. I know I've got to. I know that whoever finds us... This... Well... They need to know. 
whether that's me telling them or this, I've got to make sure that people know. So, Roman and I settled in. You know, as much as we could settle in, in someone else's house. We ate their food, and for once in what's felt like a lifetime, had a roof over our heads, which I didn't realise how much I'd miss. You know, more than just a layer of polyester between us and the outside world. The food was great. Roman made vegetable chilli, with what he found in the cupboards. I pretty much left him to it. I don't think I could have sifted through someone else's cupboards looking for food. God damn it. I'm such a hypocrite. If you're the owners reading this, I'm sorry. We will repay you, okay? I I promise. We spend the evening talking sparingly. At first we talked about Roman's family, where they would likely be, how long it would take us to get back. If we can't get the car running, (laughs) Roman's really worried about them. He keeps catastrophizing about them. Which, I mean, I totally get, but I really had to work hard steering him away from that. Who thought that all that counselling would end up with me teaching someone else what I'd learned to help me? (laughs) Anyway, that's besides the point. After our evening of mainly mindless chat to keep our thoughts more on the mundane rather than the, well, I suppose things like what I'm about to tell you. So after that we headed off to sleep. There's a guest room, the one I mentioned earlier. There's only a double bed in there, but, well, we top and tailed it. It's only like when we're younger, and, you know, we agreed we'd rather sleep in the same room than separate rooms, given the, uh, circumstances. It took me a lot longer to get to sleep than I hoped. I mean, I couldn't expect much else, given, well, what's going on. But I, I just hoped... I just hoped that being out in the forest would be enough to ease me back into sleep. You know, being in a room, in a bed, in a house would be enough. Clearly, I was way too hopeful. At least I've stopped seeing that fucking stag now, I suppose. I didn't look at the sky. Didn't look out before we went to sleep. There's enough devils right now. I'm stalling. I'm stalling. I'm sorry. Um, so, I'm woken up at some point during the night. And at first, I'm not sure what's done it. I don't think I was dreaming. I'm, I'm not sure, though. My heart is pounding, so something clearly sent my adrenaline going. I calm down for a minute or so and listen. After a bit, I sort of tune into this sound, which wasn't really clear at first. And I really started to focus in on it. And it sounds like running water, but sharper. The side of the bed I'm on is the one closest to the window. So I swing my legs off and plant my bare feet on the ground. Feeling that really stuck with me. The floor was... It was so goddamn cold. It's a hardwood floor in there, so it's not exactly going to be warm, but... I just shot this icy cold chill right up my legs and through my body. Looking back, I really should have let that stop me. I should have just got back into bed and closed my eyes and just straight up ignored it. Of course, though, I was in that weird half-awakened, half-asleep mode where curiosity outweighs rational thinking, 
So you go striding across, straight out of bed. Which is exactly what I did. Straight toward the window. Every single step on that freezing floor shot through me. It was horrible. But I carried on, didn't I? I carried on to the window that looks over the back garden. The sound was definitely louder over there. And I didn't notice at first, but the security light is on. Something's activated the sensor and it's beaming across the garden. And so I'm trying now to desperately see through the window and into the garden. I swear, I swear I can see something moving out there, but my eyes, oh, they're just so heavy and everything is so bleary and my feet, oh, my feet are killing me. I head back over to the bed and go and put my socks and shoes on. We've both left all our clothes by the bedside, just in case we need to head out quickly, you know, if people turn back up again or something. I put my head in my hands, trying to ease my eyes and take the weight off my eyelids. And then, well, just all of a sudden, I hear Roman say my name. And I'm pulled back awake again, my heart pounding, my head heavy in the pillow. Did I fall back asleep? Was I ever awake in the first place? I've got both my socks on, so maybe? Elliot, he says again. He's by the window. Shoes on. I slide my feet into my boots, don't bother with the laces, and drag my heavy body over to him. The floodlight is on as I make it to the window and that same sound seeps back into my ears. Sharp water. My eyes aren't as heavy this time. Did I only fall asleep for a moment? It looks like Roman has wiped away some of the condensation, but why is the window like that? He still hasn't looked at me. He's just staring out into the garden. What is it? I ask him. Just watch, he replied steadily. I force myself to focus, and my ears pick up the sound clearer. It's a hose pipe. The pressurised water heading through the pipe. The sharp water. I'm thinking, why the hose pipe? It was on when we got here, on again when we came back after taking the car... And even though Roman swears he switched it off. But there it is again. On. And I'm staring intently now into this garden. The whole scene given this weird ethereal quality from the floodlight and what I think is mist. And then I see it. It's a flicker at first. But the more I focus on it, the more the flicker makes sense. Like one of those old Victorian animation devices. A thaumatrope, is it? Anyway, I begin feeling my heart creeping up my chest and into my throat, making it feel tight. I'm staring harder, forcing my eyes to see clearly. And the flicker begins to take on a sort of realism. The shadow becomes an outline. The outline becomes a silhouette. And it's the silhouette of a person. Another human. Roman, I say. Roman, we're not alone. Someone's actually there. Just wait, he says. Without so much as flinching, without so much as moving his head, without taking his eyes off the scene at all. Just wait. 
I turn my head back to the scene playing out before us and watch. Fighting every urge I have to shout down to the person that we're here and we want to talk, we want to just see someone. But something about the way Roman is being. Something's off with him. And I trust him. I trust him in that. So I just watch. I watch as the silhouette grabs the hose pipe, turns, drops it to the ground, runs towards the house, and my heart is in my throat again, pounding, closing with each thunderous beat as the silhouette flickers and it reaches the house. The person flickers, then reappears, holding the hose pipe once again picks it up turns around drops it runs and again and again my head starts to swim and my legs weaken and I can't take my eyes off it I can't pull myself away from this hideous loop each time the same each time so silent the only sound the monotonous spray of water And before I bring myself to turn and say, do anything, I hear this awful cry coming from downstairs. My heart leaps as the spell of this scene is broken. Roman, for the first time since I awoke, moves. He snaps his head towards the door and back at me. We don't speak. There's no need. We both scramble to get the rest of our clothes on and head towards the sound. We stop at the door, Roman's hand twitching over the handle, and in the gloom of the twilight and that floodlight I catch a glimpse of his eyes darting around the bedroom. He pushes past me and grabs a walking cane from by the wall and passes it to me. Whilst on the bedside he pulls out his hunting knife he so desperately wanted to use last week. I know that having a cane was supposed to make me feel better, but all I could think was that if Roman thought we needed to arm ourselves then... Well, he wasn't feeling hopeful about whoever was downstairs. My throat began to ache. My heart was pounding. And Roman eased the door open. I tried to listen over the sound of my own panic. And then Roman made a gesture to me. Can you hear that? And yeah. Yeah, I could. The unmistakable sound of someone crying. A woman crying it's ever so faint but it's there that's for sure and it grows louder and louder as we creep down the stairs the adrenaline coursing now giving each of my movements this sort of pulse to them I don't notice until we're partway down the steps but you can see our breath even in the gloom of Roman's muted torch as it covers the light I'm sure I can see condensation coming from his mouth and as he keeps breathing controlled but heavy. The house can't be that cold. Surely. The stairs creak one last time as we make it to the door at the bottom. Roman's hand hovers again as he glances back at me. Are you ready? His face says. I nod. I can hear the crying so clearly now. 
whoever it is, is right on the other side of that door. And as his hand connects with the handle, the crying just stops. Doesn't abate or fade. It just stops. Roman swings the door open and immediately holds his torch up. An LED white glow fills the room and a cold breeze whips around our feet. And the room... Well, it's empty. And in that emptiness, the crying is replaced by a quiet, single, held note. The dial tone of a landline phone. My eyes scan the room, trying to recall where the phone should be. I lock onto it, and I see the yellowing white case of the thing that sat on the table. The hand set off the hook, and I scan downwards and I see it hanging there, swinging limply from thick plastic coated wire. I say nothing. I just stare. Roman not noticing or just ignoring paces into the room, holding his knife close to him, ready to strike. He looks like when you see police searching a house, approaching every hiding spot cautiously in a rounded sort of manner. My eyes flip between him and the hanging phone until he makes it to the part of the room where you can see through into the kitchen. And without looking at me, eyes fixed dead ahead, he just says calmly, The back door's open. Stay close to me. I mindlessly obey, afraid to do or say anything else. We lock the door again. We search the house from top to bottom, everywhere, every cupboard, every room, everything. But we don't dare go outside. We don't dare to go in the garden again. We just lock all the doors, draw all the blinds and curtains. I put the phone back on the hook and I swear, I swear as I picked it up, I heard that woman crying again. It sounded like it was coming through the receiver, but in my panic I slammed it down. No more surprises. Later, I explained to Roman that I could hear the dial tone briefly after the crying stopped when we entered the room. He disagreed, but without hesitation picked up the handset and held it to his ear. It's dead, just like it was earlier, Elliot. The power's still out. And that's when the thought hits me. So what about the floodlights, I ask him? Solar powered, I bet. We'll check tomorrow. I'll take comfort in the small things like that. We got a fire going to warm the room up. It was still unnaturally cold, even if the door was wide open before. With little said between us, we decide to move the furniture so that the sofa isn't in the middle of the room anymore. We position it so that we can see the windows and the doors, every entrance and every exit. Roman doesn't let go of his knife, and I keep the cane close by. We both agreed in a roundabout sort of way. Something was definitely in the house. We haven't been alone all night. And, to myself, even if it was gone now, I still can't shake the feeling of being watched. 
the hours slowly tick by. My eyes grow heavy, and beyond all reasoning, I nod off once more. When I awake, the early light of dawn seeps through the curtains, and I turn to see Roman just stirring. He must have fallen asleep too. Some rest, (laughs) at last. And then slowly, with the most basic of movements, he gets up and walks over to the window and stands as though he's staring out of it. Except he can't be, because both the blinds and the curtains are still closed. Roman? I say, to no reply. I drag myself out of my seat, muscles aching from holding tension. Sluggishly, I walk over to him and gently place my hand on his shoulder. He'd sleepwalk when he was younger. The shoulder was always the way to bring him back. Roman, what's the matter? Then he turns to me, eyes closed, expression blank, and just says, There was a tapping at the window. My hair stands on end and my body shudders, and then he opens his eyes and looks at me confused. I say nothing, other than to tell him he was sleepwalking and we should pack up and go, now that it's light. I don't think he remembers that at all. I don't think he remembers about a tapping or anything. And after everything else has happened, he doesn't need to. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in spirits or poltergeists or anything like that. But a lot of my beliefs have been challenged recently. Whatever opened the door, whatever pulled the phone off the hook, whatever made us see, hear and feel everything last night. I hope we've left it behind in that house. If it was ever in there at all. We've got the tools. Roman sorting out the car. All being well, we'll be on our way in no time. We chose to leave the forest behind. We chose to leave the house behind. But every day, I'm feeling like we're the ones who were left behind. With no choice at all. I cannot say that I have the knowledge to discuss what happened to Elliot and Roman during that awful night. I feel that our courier may be able to shed some light on this encounter. But given her state, I fear asking her too much and wishing for her to recover before we dig deeper. If you're able to make it here to Bunker A12, we can provide safety for you. You just have to seek us out. I shall leave the broadcast there for today, survivors, as night creeps in and the shadows grow long. I implore you to keep you and those around you safe. And as always, don't wander in the dark. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our show, be sure to give us a rating and review to let others know. 
If you would like to hear news and updates, then please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wake of Corrosion. Wake of Corrosion was written, directed and produced by Sean Pellington, with voice acting from Kieran Walsh as Professor Ryan, Brianne Leeson as The Courier, Lee Pellington as Roman, Sean Pellington as Elliot, with title and credits read by Adele Cliff. Our introduction theme, Shadowlands 5 Antichamber, and outro theme, Phantasm, were created by Kevin MacLeod, sourced from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. Both pieces have been reduced from their originals with fade-out, added voiceover, and radiostatic effects. Morse code SFX, courtesy of Stephen C. Phillips of morsecode.world, all other sound effects are self-recorded or sourced from soundsnap.com. For our full list of credits, please visit our website in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.